This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. I'm Alice Dempster. This is the fourth episode of How Far We've Come, our six-part podcast series in partnership with NGS Super. They're keen to help Aussies make the most of their financial independence, and that means helping you to learn about your finances so the decisions you make today mean you're investing in your future. Last week, we looked at the lifting of the employment ban on married women in the public service. And while getting married may no longer be such a heavy burden on your financial independence for many women, getting divorced can be. So in this episode, we're diving into one of the watershed moments in family law, the introduction of no-fault divorce. But first, the context. Unless you can manage to consciously uncouple like Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, most people will tell you divorce isn't easy. It's also something many of us go through. Around one in three marriages in Australia end in divorce, and those numbers have increased, perhaps unsurprisingly, in the last few years. I think it's a really romantic idea. I like the fact that COVID has fast-tracked what we used to need to um, have a home renovation to fast-track. Do you know what I mean? Like, so in some ways we're saving the money. (laughs) That's Aussie comedian Claire Hooper. And jokes aside, divorce means that women and men have the power to leave a bad relationship. But there's also a flip side, which is the financial fallout. Here's Nolene. She became homeless after her husband of 35 years left her. At uh, that stage, I was 63 and I didn't have a roof over my head for the next nine months. So I had to house sit couch surf, rent a room, whatever I could do to keep myself safe. When I eventually got into my own place, I had to start from scratch. I did not even own a knife and fork. As it stands, if you want to get a divorce, you and your spouse have to be separated for 12 months. You submit an online application to the family court, pay a filing fee, it's around $1,000, and hey, presto, you're divorced. But it wasn't that easy prior to 1975 when the Family Act introduced no-fault divorce. That was a watershed moment in family law, so let's step back. But just a quick disclaimer that we'll be talking a lot about hetero relationships here for the pure reason that same-sex marriage still wasn't legal. So we're back in 1975 in Australia. A bit of irony given we're talking about divorce, but this song was the top of the charts. It was also the year that the Australian PM at the time, Gough Whitlam, was dismissed. Ladies and gentlemen, well may we say God save the Queen. Because nothing will save the Governor-General. Whitlam is a huge figure in Australian history because he got a lot of things done. His government significantly reformed public health care, made tertiary education free, and in 1975 passed the Family Law Act. 
In the decades leading up to 1975, getting a divorce could be a bit of a nightmare. You had to prove that your spouse was to blame for the breakdown of the marriage, and I'm not talking about just any old reason here. There was a list of 14 reasons you could provide. Among them, that your partner was drunk, insane, or an adulterer. It was also scandalous that there was even a TV show called Divorce Court that would reenact recent divorce hearings. If you were one of the unlucky ones stuck in a miserable marriage and wanted out, you had to have evidence to prove your case. Couples mutually looking for one staged their own versions of what was called the Brighton Quickie. This was a 1930s phenomenon in England whereby a couple would stage an adulterous scene at a Brighton hotel, typically involving the husband and another woman, with a PI on hand to capture the evidence. Not only did all of this make divorce a humiliating exercise for both men and women, but a very costly one. And for many who were simply in unhappy marriages, it made it next to impossible. That all led to public pressure growing for a new type of law, one where both parties could choose to leave a marriage equally without having to put the blame on one partner. And when Gough Whitlam was elected in 1972, he introduced what we now call no-fault divorce. In 1975, the Family Act passed Parliament with a firm majority. It was a huge win for women, as Kate Blanchett touched on during a speech at Gough Whitlam's funeral. He established the Family Court, a cornerstone reform, and in the Family Law Act of 1975, he made the space for fault-free divorce, which allowed women to exit from abusive relationships and re-engage with society with dignity and with equality. In the first year the law was implemented, there was a surge in divorces in Australia. We're talking about people queuing up to get a divorce like you'd queue up to buy ice cream on a hot day. While some were thrilled, others weren't. A man named Leonard John Warwick, unhappy with his treatment in the newly instated family court, embarked on a series of shootings and bombings, murdering a judge, a judge's wife and a churchgoer. Warwick was interviewed by Terry Willisey in 1986. What sort of a person do you think would want to kill a family court judge? A person that was uh, probably disturbed. Uh, very upset at the uh, result of some family court hearing. Warwick wasn't found guilty of his crimes until 2020. So the Family Law Act still stands today. Since its implementation, it's been the subject of dozens of inquiries and amendments. Critics say that it's unfair, expensive, unenforceable and unaccountable. When it comes to divorce, the Australian Institute of Family Studies found that although women are more likely to initiate divorce, they are also far more likely to suffer financially from it. We'll get into how things sit now in just a tick, but before that, NGS Super partnered with us to make this series, so just a quick message from them. When it comes to getting a divorce, some of you might not know that superannuation is also an asset that gets divided up between the parties. Losing the family home and retirement nest egg can place women in a really tough position. So it's important to understand your financial position and how finances work. If you need advice, one thing you can do is talk to NGS Super. 
They've got a team of super specialists who can help you with any questions you might have about superannuation, investments or insurance. They're available to chat online, face-to-face or over the phone. It takes women an average of five years to recover financially from divorce, but the impact of this financial shock can have long-lasting effects on savings and superannuation, particularly for those women who have taken time out prior to raise kids. And when it comes to divorce, be it of a traditional marriage or a de facto breakdown, there's a story that is heard again and again. I had done everything that I possibly could to make uh, responsible life choices. I'm educated, I've always been employed, I've been an employer, been a landlord. Originally I was married, we were reasonably well off, we were able to support ourselves and then we suffered a bank engineered default that eventually led to the breakup um, of my marriage and I ended up on sole uh, sole parent uh, payment um, as a result of that. That was Emily Lightfoot, a single mother from Albury, and according to ABS data, women make up 80% of one-parent households in Australia. In 2022, there were over $1.5 billion in outstanding child support payments. Here's Senator Jackie Lambie talking about her experience living as a single mum. There were times when I had to say no to my son who was great at football and great at athletics and great at basketball and who had the advantage of being able to represent his state and telling him on two occasions, I'm sorry mate, but you can't go. There were times when I would sit in a corner and cry because I felt so ashamed. For two days I didn't know how I was going to put bread and milk on the table. It makes for some tough listening, and she's far from the only one who's had experiences like that. As we heard at the start of this episode, it's not just younger women being impacted by divorce. 40% of single retired women live in poverty. There's a lot of numbers there, and there's still a long way to go when it comes to helping divorced women get back on their feet. But spare a thought for those in the UK who only legalised no-fault divorce last year. And there's still countries in Africa and Asia where it doesn't exist at all. That wraps up episode four of How Far We've Come. Next episode, we'll move to an era when women could easily get a divorce, but perhaps not a job or a loan or even a beer at the pub with a look at the Sex Discrimination Act. As we said at the top, big thanks to NGS Super who made this series possible. For more about NGS Super, head to ngssuper.com.au. Please consider the PDS and TMD on the website to see if this product is right for you. 